five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten. Beautiful. Cool. That that's my checklist. Good. Very so good checklists. We talked a lot about bikes. A lot. In the last episode. Kind of surprised you have more to say. Uh, I have a lot more to say. But then the objective is that we're never going to talk about it again for the winter. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, that's that makes sense. So on my end, I, I told you, and it piqued your interest a little, a little bit in the last episode, that I have two of the same bike. Yeah. Currently. <laughs> yes. So I'm going to explain. So I'm going I'm to catch people up real quick because um, it's been an extensive amount of time since... We recorded that episode. Even longer so, than in between the last two episodes. Yeah. And that was a long time. Yeah. And we included a recording within that episode that we did back in, like, May. That was forever ago. So, well, we'll just get that out there. <laughs> Anyways, so I have my endorsement now. Nice. Going there, that was, a that was you know, a fun experience, a guy there. A guy there was actually the... I had no intention of getting a bigger bike until I went to get my endorsement because a guy there had a VTX 1300 mm. that he was planning on selling yes. for a good amount. And I was like, mm, well, I would like it. Mm-hmm. And it was my emotions talking. <clears throat> Luckily, that bike sold before I could get my hands on it. Oh, man. But I did when I was just poking around, I think on just Facebook Messenger or something. Mm-hmm. I found a 2006 Kawasaki Vulcan 750. Nice. Not with its original paint. The the folks there, something had had happened to the gas tank. Mm-hmm. And so they fixed the gas tank and they repainted it like an off-white. Have I shown you a picture of it? Um, yeah, I think so. So it's a it's an off-white. If I was prepared, I would have that to send it to you again. But, uh, oh, I've got it here. I'm not yeah. prepared. It's an off-white. Really good-looking bike. Very. I enjoyed it a lot. I could tell immediately after like three days after buying it. Well, no, I knew when I was getting it and I got the price reduced uh, because the carburetor needed to be cleaned. Mm-hmm. So I only paid 1300 for that bike, which I was pretty happy with. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And then rode that around a bunch, was having a great time, but I could feel like it, I could feel it just stuttering mm-hmm. on the road. Yeah. If I was, and if I was going over 60 miles an hour, it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. But if I'm like maintaining speed, like 30, 40 miles an hour, yeah. you could just feel it. You could hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So I was like, man, this feels great. And it would feel even better if the carburetor was fixed. That checks out. So. I was looking into, like, all right, how can I fix the carburetor? I watched a couple of YouTube videos, and I established that I did not want to fix the carburetor. <laughs> and then another situation came up where I, I still had that old, not old, that 2004 Honda Rebel. Mm-hmm. That was my roommate's. And my roommate was interested in, in buying it again because his bike was too big. It was a Harley. He didn't want it. He didn't like it. It kept having problems. Yeah, that's, that's a Harley yeah. for you. He, had a, he, had a very sh- he has a very short drive to work. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'll just get a Rebel again. Yeah. So he was going to buy that bike back. So I was like, all right, how about this? I deeply discount this Rebel that you sold to me four months ago. <laughs> <laughs> and in return, you figure out how to clean my carburetor. And he's like, yep, I will totally do that. Nice. And then he looked at a couple of YouTube videos and he established he did not want to clean my carburetor. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, man. So anyways, we ended up that uh, we'll, we'll get back to what happens with the Rebel later. But anyways, I'm enjoying this bike, but eventually I just go I just go take it to the shop. Mm-hmm. And I say, hey, please, please do all the things that you bike people know how to do to bikes. <laughs> they said, okay. They gave me a price. Like, that sounds fantastic. Please don't go above that. Spoiler alert, they did. Uh-oh. And uh, dropped my bike off. While my bike was in the shop, I found another bike. 
and now I'm sitting here. I'm like, I, I have a great bike. I'm content with my bike. I have a good bike. But I hadn't turned off the alerts on Facebook Marketplace uh. for the, the search that I had created. So I kept getting sent these notifications. Mm-hmm. And I got one came up. This gal, she lives about an hour and a half away. She says, my bike is too big for me. I would like to downsize. Mm-hmm. And so she had a she had this uh, 1999 Kawasaki Vulcan 750 <laughs> listed at listed at 2000, which I was like, no, no. Yeah. But she's like, I will, um, I will trade if you have a Honda Rebel or or like a like a something. Yeah. So it's like, okay. So I reach out. I say, will you do a straight trade for a Honda Rebel 250, of which I paid $1,000 for? Uh-huh. And she says, yes. It's like, okay. <laughs> um, so uh, my awesome roommate and his friend, we load up my bike onto his truck, uh-huh. and he joins me an hour and a half drive to uh, this lady's house. Uh-huh. We established that this lady is crazy. Oh, good. She she is she she is something. <laughs> she shows us the bike, and it's a little bit concerning because um, you know I, I don't judge people, but as far as like the the property and them maintaining the property, it's concerning when the bike is the best looking thing in the photo. Mm. like and everything else around it is just is just junk. Yep, that's uh, hard. And uh, but we're taking a look at it. She shows us the bike, and she says, "This is the bike. I've named it Mr. Spock." Oh boy. Which I mean, honestly, I'm down for. Uh-huh. That thing will be forever be known as Mr. Spock. Oh, good. In my mind, it uh, the the fan or the the ventilator mm-hmm. is detached, and the last owner didn't care enough to just attach it, so he just he just hooked it up with its own thing and just put a switch on the side of the bike. And so you turn on the bike, and then you and then you lean over and you flip the switch for the ventilator. Uh huh. Which makes me happy. All right. I also for I also forgot to do this on the way back from this town. So I had the ventilator off for an hour and a half when I was driving this thing back. Oh. So um, we're I mean, good things are happening to this bike already. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's it was great. It uh. was great. Okay. I ride it around. It's great. I come back and I realize that she didn't want me to go out of her line of sight, and she's about to go blow a gasket. Um, <laughs> I try to turn my bike on, and my battery's dead. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, she didn't. She didn't care, which was fantastic. Good. And we get there, and and I'm like, I'm looking at this bike. I'm like, ah, there's a couple things with it. It might have an oil leak. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not the best option. And then I'm looking at this Rebel, and one of the cylinders or um, one of the forks. I'm trying to think of the right name for it, but one of the forks at the top, the seal busted. Does that uh, on explain? The, like on the front suspension? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> one of them was was just gone, and so you oh, could wow. you could see it all over the place. Oh no! And the battery is dead. <laughs> and I explained both of these. I I explained both of these things to her, and she's like, "Okay, that's fine." And I was like, "Okay, uh, first off, I don't care at this point in time. I don't really care how bad your your bike is. I will happily give you my bike." Uh huh. And so I straight traded for this nine nine seven fifty, rode that back, an hour and a half, like you were saying a little bit ago before we started recording. Um, it was very enjoyable for the first half hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After the first five minutes, I realized the importance of having a windshield. Yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. I felt cool AF. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I felt. I felt like a. I could feel the freedom hitting me in the face. <laughs> when I was going down that road, uh, at the same time, at the same time, every time the traffic in front of me would start going more than seventy miles an hour, if I didn't have a, if I didn't have like a uh, riding jacket on. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have been a much less enjoyable experience. Oh, I, but, yeah. 
Oh man. So we get all the way home. I so I have two bikes now. I get I get that one home. <laughs> I go back to the shop and I pick up my 2006. And they're like, all right, we clean the carburetor. We also flushed your tank about 10, 12 times. And if we didn't do that, it would have would have had a bunch of issues. And I was like, okay, that's great. They're like, all right, we bled your brakes. I was like, okay, that's fantastic. And they're like, all right, 500 bucks. I was like, okay, that sucks. That that's a real that's a real Debbie Downer. Yeah, that's a that's a bait and switch. But uh, but you know what? That's that's fine. And I asked I asked them the, the most useless question in the world to ask a mechanic. I'm like, all right, this thing's good for a while now, right? And he says, yep. I says, okay. Well, I'll see you in a, I'll see you in a month. <laughs> so I get this I get this bike home. And first off, this might be something that you know the answer to, but I can't. Like when I turn the bike on, it won't it won't stay on initially. Like it'll turn on for a half a second and it'll turn it off. Uh-huh. Pulling the choke out does nothing. Pulling the choke out just ensures the bike will never turn on. Really? Uh, the bike does not turn on when the choke is pulled out. So what I have to do is like I have to me- I have to sit there and mess with the airflow. Huh. And then like when the bike is turning on, use the throttle. Uh-huh. And sit there with the throttle pulled for probably a minute or two to just really? heat the bike up enough. And then I have to sit there with the airflow like super super up there and then over the like for the next half hour while i'm riding i have to decrease that airflow or else it's going to be revving at you know 2500 oh, yeah. <laughs> nice yeah so i don't know what's going on with that yeah that's uh, yeah my first thought was pull the choke out but the bike does not start anymore with the choke uh, ever with the choke pulled out um is your clutch too tight uh i don't know th- i mean it's there's still a lot of room as far as like, like I still have a lot of space before it engages. That, if that's what yeah, you're asking. But yeah, kind of. Well, that might. So the the lever on your handlebar that might be loose, but the actual clutch might be too. Well, I guess it would be too loose if it's not pulling the gear out. Does that make sense? Oh, okay. Because if the clutch, if you're like pulling the clutch. So what the clutch does is it disengages the gears so the the motor can turn freely without the weight of the gears. Yeah. So if that's too loose, it it wouldn't pull the gear out. And so you're so the engine's trying to like start through the gears, which is harder. Yeah, but does your but does it it doesn't like jerk on you, does it? When it's starting? Yeah. No. Like the no. like it's the tires aren't trying to get away. No. Well, that's not it then. Um also as a third symptom, when I start from a full stop, there's still a bit of a grinding. Hmm. When I'm, you know, in that friction zone. Yeah. Um, right before I start to go, like it, it does, you know, it does a thing for just a moment, and that's uh, that's my professional diagnosis of the sound. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> so, cool. Um, there you go. Uh, yeah, I'd say you got uh, you got hosed over there. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't go back to them, or I would go back to them and say, hey, you broke it fix it yeah i i do i do plan on calling them again i'm not like so because of the rest of the plan that i'm about to discuss i'm not super uber concerned (laughs) but it helps uh, that you have an identical bike that's a little older and it also comparatively the engine is probably this on the 99 is probably the smoothest engine i've ever been on Mm-hmm. Of the ninety nine, yeah. Like it sounds. If I'm when I'm on that bike, it sounds like I'm in a car. It's so quiet. Oh, nice. Which you know, sometimes you wanna, you know, you wanna be an American and you wanna be loud. Yeah. <laughs> Get a different exhaust system. But on this one, I, I can really appreciate just like it being quiet and me actually being able to hear what's around me. Mm-hmm. It's it's nice. So because of that, I had two bikes. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. this is fantastic. 
I had a buddy. He hasn't a uh, good friend. He hasn't had a bike in a while, but he he still has his endorsement, obviously. And he was a big uh, sports guy, sports bike guy. But his, I think he the impression that I've gotten is his sports bike days are over. <laughs> um, and he's now wanting to look at like cruisers or like touring bikes. Yeah. And so, anyways, we got the chance to. I got to go on a ride with him, which I you know. Obviously, because in March was the first time I ever thought about getting a motorcycle. I didn't think that we would do a group ride or anything. So me and him got to go on a ride, and that was great. Oh, nice. And then my brother, who I also didn't think, I'm like, ah, oh, next year sometime, I'll go on a ride with him. Mm-hmm. He showed up in town. I, I may have mentioned this to you. He showed up into town yeah. randomly a week and a half ago. Uh-huh. And me and him got to go on a ride as well. Nice. Now, my brother used to play football. And my brother is much bigger than I am. Uh-huh. And so I'm certainly glad I don't have the 250 anymore. <laughs> but the 750 was still very small for him. Really? Yeah, my brother my brother has a VTX 1300, and that one, uh, that one looks a bit more suitable to him. Yeah. On the 750, it still looks like he's riding a moped or something. <laughs> <laughs> Man, but... mopeds suck. <laughs> but we got to go on a ride, and it was... Fantastic. That was great. Dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. And now my new plan is, I'm like, okay, I am going, in the springtime, I'm now going to sell both of these bikes, and I'm going to get a 1300. Yes. And that is the new, that is the new, 1300 to 1700, you know, somewhere, somewhere in there. That's a big boy bike, my friend. Oh, I want it. That's a big boy bike. I want it. So I'm excited. In my head, I was, you know, I was like, all right, I'm going to trade the 250 over to get the 750 mm-hmm. because the 750 will just be easier to resell than mm-hmm. the 250 because nobody wants a 250 and then i got the 750 and i was like okay and then i, I didn't resell it <laughs> so technically i have bikes that i have money in that i would had intended to get my money back on yeah but instead i have two bikes that is eventually going to go into one bike and i'm never going to see that money again uh that's that's I'd, I'd call that a wash you're you're still coming out on top my friend yeah yeah financially it's a wash but you're coming out on top i still okay so in total though so 1300 so what 1800 so far into this 2006 vulcan which isn't bad logically oh, no, no. logically i don't i still think it's like a 60 40 thing that i'm gonna call these guys and and it'll be fine 40 mm-hmm. percent chance that they're like nah 500 <laughs> just, 500 bucks more. Yeah. but uh but i don't i don't think it'll be an issue and i basically i basically paid a thousand dollars for another 750 so i think i can easily get three thousand out of out of it total out of the two of them total that is my bike thing it also was kind of saddening that as soon as i got my bike back from the shop Mm-hmm. It went below freezing. So yes. I was like, man, I'm so glad I fixed this bike. But then uh, for the next week or so, it's going to be warm again. So I was driving down. I was for work. I was on the complete other side of town this morning, mm-hmm. going down this windy road. And all of a sudden I had this feeling. I was like, I need to, like, it's a it's a disgrace that I'm not on my bike on this road right now. Yeah. I so that. I finished up my appointment, went home, got my bike, drove another 20 minutes to get back to that road, mm-hmm. just to drive down this four-mile road. <laughs> and then take the highway back. It was worth it. That was worth it, dude. That sounds like a good day. That is where I currently stand for the for the purposes of science. Uh, when we were getting the carburetor cleaned, we had to establish its you know how fast it could go. Mm-hmm. So for science, we established that it can very easily do ninety to hundred miles an hour. Ooh, um, ninety to hundred, huh? Yep. Um, I like it. Yeah, probably you know probably faster, but we only had uh, we were doing it on the road out to the Hanford government their nuclear site 
Uh-huh. And there's only so much road until you start getting to the uh, checkpoints where they don't like uh, normal people <laughs> to go past. Yeah. So I don't think I don't think a motorcycle flying past at 120 miles an hour would have been the most welcome thing uh-huh. to them. Probably not. <laughs> I doubt it. You, <laughs> you see this news story of this kid getting shot out of the out of his bike. <sighs> out of out of the problems I've had in my life, this is most certainly the healthiest addiction I've had. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, probably not wrong. It's I don't know about the I don't know about the least expensive, but but certainly the best. What about you? Have you been taking your bike out? Your uh, weird Harley <sighs> concoction? No, I have not. No, you sound sad. I am. <clears throat> so I think I told you we were just chatting. I told you I took it for a ride a couple of weeks ago. Did I tell you about that, or did I just yep. imagine telling you about that? No, you told me. Took it on kind of a spontaneous ride. What I didn't tell you, but I will tell the our massive listener base, yes, is that I took my bike to the gym. Uh, when I got to the gym, I was just looking over the bike, um, and I saw this little, I saw this little uh, nut just kind of sitting on uh, on top of the primary case, uh, essentially the transmission, and yeah. it didn't look familiar. I, th- I thought, oh, it just must have fallen off of something else in the garage. So. I uh, went on my merry way, finished my workout, came back out. On my way home, I decided to just go for a little ride. So I went on like this little 10-mile round trip, um, little ride up this little side highway along the side of the valley, and then down back home, down this other one. And I opened her up a little bit. I uh, I got up to probably 80 or 90. And I got home, just felt fully refreshed. I think I told you that... <laughs> It felt like uh, an alcoholic's first drink yes, on this I ride. Yes, I vividly remember this analogy. It was so good. Um, really felt like I uh, had a moment with myself where I felt like this is this is who I actually am. I'm part of this motorcycle, <laughs> and we are on this ride right now, and it's fantastic. Uh, loved it more than words can say. Got home and was just checking my bike over again. Uh, noticed that the nut was gone. Not really surprised at it, but then I just happened to look at the the mount where the exhaust goes into the top of the header, and one of the bolts or one of the nuts was missing there, and suddenly that mysterious nut all of a sudden made sense, and so now I've got a half-attached exhaust coming out of my bike, and I have not had the courage to tell Maddie about it yet. <laughs> Because she said the last time I changed the exhaust pipe and the primary case, one more dollar and that thing's out. It's gone. So, yeah, I'm too afraid to tell her and kind of wishing I hadn't told you on the podcast because she listens to the podcast. So I'm... Well, we just have to find a solution in the same episode. Is this not... So is this not a nut that you can just get at Ace or whatever the equivalent of Ace hardware is? Um, actually... It might actually be. Um, I did, when I was uh, working on it last time, I did drive all over the flippin' county looking for these special screw, these special bolts for it. Those were different bolts, however. It was not this same part. So I might go back and check a hardware store, but the reason I bring up the driving all over the county was I found this little heavenly store uh, tucked away in like this little industrial section of like downtown Salt Lake City. Uh, It's called Bolt World. And it's literally 
just a warehouse of nuts and bolts. That's it. <laughs> and I was like, where have you been? <laughs> I've been driving everywhere. And it was this grouchy old guy, big, bushy mustache. When I walked up, he was outside smoking a cigarette. Uh, and I walked into the, to his uh, little counter. And this was like... This was a while ago. This was, like, right when the lockdown was starting. Yeah. You know, um, so um, I walked in, and he's got his whole counter all plexiglassed off. And, and I'm like, hey, I just need these special bolts. He's like, what's it for? I was like, hey, it's for my for my Harley, for my primary cover. He's like, oh, you're going to want the black ones. Those are harder. Those, those are going to last longer. I was like, oh, sweet. Do you have star bits? And he's like, no, 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 no. Star bits are garbage. <laughs> uh, the only reason they put star bits on those Harleys is because they have those torque wrenches. And uh, they're really good if you have a torque wrench, but if you don't have a torque wrench, they will strip. And I was like, oh, oh, I know. I stripped four of them. <laughs> That's why I'm here. <laughs> and so he was like, yeah, just take a hex. They'll be fine. Um, I was like, oh, sweet, man. What do I owe you? And he's like, eh, for four bolts... Uh, like a buck twenty. I was like, okay, sweet. Do you take card? He's like, ah, oh, man, I gotta charge you five dollars for a credit card processing fee. And I was like, dude, I'm totally fine with. I'm super fine with this. You have been such a big help. I'd give you more. And he was like, he like looks at me for a sec, and he's like about to hand me the card reader, and he's like, nah, just take it. I was like, oh, Ooh. come on, was, come on, man, let me give you something. He's like, nah, take it, get out of here, go. And he's like, starts getting grouchy at me, <laughs> and I was like, oh, all right, fine. Oh. <clears throat> uh. A godsend. I might actually just go check his little store out, see if he can help me out again, see if I can give him some money this time. Yeah, just bring an even more complicated form of payment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'll make him happy. No, that sounds dreamy. That sounds perfect. Yes, it was so good. But um, have I told you? What? Have I told you that uh, about four or five miles away from my house is a Ducati dealership? I think you have. <sighs> I don't know if you know this, but a Ducati Monster is my dream bike. Like, yep. pinnacle of all of my motorcycle dreams could be realized with a Ducati Monster 1200S. And they're just, there's a bunch of them just sitting five miles away. What's the, um, what does that run for? Well, let me just look here. Oh, gosh. Um, let's see. Monster 1200S, 0.99% APR for 36 months, 2820 a month for every $1,000 financed. I don't know what any of that means. There's no eBay buy it now option. What? $9,000? $9,500 off the lot. That is inconclusive. So, so are my calculations that I just did over here. Yeah, everything on eBay is just the exhaust system. And the exhaust system alone is ranges between $1,500 and $3,500. Now, you know you, what you can do with that. You can buy a Vulcan 750 oh with that amount of money. gosh. Did you know a Ducati Panigale is a V4? <clears throat> I understood three of those words. Which three? Did you know? 